Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, welcome to Steel Wars. I am comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars. Please enjoy this classic clip, which is available in full at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. You know, there's so many great documentaries about, you know, like the King of Kong and... And there's a, I can't remember what the pinball one's called, but there's one about pinball and and yeah. the, the the spelling bee one, like yep. these these fascinating subcultures that have their own politics and rules and subcultures in the subcultures. I, I find it very fascinating. Mm. Um, how did you get started, sort of entering the world of of Star Wars fans in Melbourne? Well, we uh, got started late. I think the the fact was, you know, uh, I wish. In hindsight, even at the time, I think that I'd had the idea a few months earlier or a year earlier or whatever. Like there w- would have been plenty of lead time to have this idea, but there was only. I think, a I think there was or sixteen two. years, mate. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> sixteen years. No, not all of that time did we know he was going to going to go back, though. As much as he said, you, you couldn't believe him, could you? You can't believe anything he says. <laughs> So I think there was only, I, I can't remember, I reckon less than two months ago before episode one came out. So we literally went out that weekend and we went to Minotaur and we just shot some interviews on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, and we shot some footage in the, so Minotaur was a, a collector's bookstore in Melbourne, um, which, you know, that, that was sort of the place to get comics uh, and role-playing games and, yeah, and that, that was, sort of thing. We've talked about Minotaur on the show before and it's still in Melbourne, but it's in a different location. It is, and yes. It's, I, it's never had the same vibe for me since it moved. No, oh, I, I get that too. But, it's, be, it's become much more of a, um, well, I don't know, the prices have gone up a lot, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I just even the layout and like yeah. I just loved the layout. Like it had like three or four floors yeah. and... It was just I don't know, and 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 it was the internet. It was our internet. Yes, it yes, was. Absolutely. It was our message board. It yep. was our eBay. <laughs> it was our Amazon. Yep, yep. Like you'd go in there and you'd just talk to the dude behind the counter, yeah. and he'd whatever you told he told you that was a fact. Yep, and it was it was amazing. I feel this way about Gaslight, just which was just up the road from uh, Minotaur. Yeah, you know, which was you know the record store where. Again, same thing. Had everything. The guys knew everything. You know, you just go there and and uh, and fill your boots. But um, I met you know. Samuel L. Jackson in Gaslight. Right. Wow. He did a, a signing there for something. Maybe Jackie Brown. It was right. It was pre the film, but he was announced to be in the film. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I just went down to see a Jedi. <laughs> There wasn't a Jedi yet. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. And so, how did you sort of get in with like you? You had a lot of the guys from uh, Star Walking, um, and and previous guests on the show like Chris Brennan 
and uh, Darren Maxwell and, and Shane Morrissey. How did you sort of get integrated with those guys? Well, at Minotaur, there was a little sign in the window saying Star Walking memberships, blah, 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 blah. So yep. we went home and called those guys. I think again that night, it all happened pretty quickly and it was like, and the next thing we did was shoot them. Yeah. Um, I think we may have had the, we also shot at Chapel Street, so I can't remember the order, but um, we very quickly, and, and, and Shane, I think we spoke to Shane and he was like, yes, I've been waiting for this call. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we want someone to document this time. That in is the Shane. club's history, you know. That is Shane. Um, and and what was sort of like, where were you coming from? What, what was your initial angle with the doc? You know, what were you sort of... Well, yeah, I mean, it's something that I guess I... Um, that we made up as we went along, um, as documentaries tend to be, but this one perhaps more than most. We didn't go in with a script or a treatment or anything. We went in with a camera. I think that once we found star walking it was like all right well we want to see uh you know the build up to the biggest event in this club's life and we want to see i guess after that and they had this conference coming on that was on two weeks after phantom menace premiered i think so Mm -hmm. um we thought yes we'll definitely go there they were saying they had hugh quashi and don bees and some of these other uh timothy zahn and michael stackpole i think were the guests the international guests that were there um, and so it was like, okay, well, we, we can get some people who are, I guess, minor f- celebrities in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, well, I should point out that Hugh Corshi, he played Captain Panaka in The Phantom Menace. I'm just assuming everyone listening to this knows no, know, we, everyone. I, I actually try to make it so people can just... Yeah, drop in. They can just listen. That, that, that fan, are just people like I. Yeah, that yeah. are just like, oh, yeah, this... This new film looks pretty yeah. good. What's going on? So, yeah. So, Hugh Corshi was Captain Panaka. Don Beast was uh, an R2-D2 controller. Yeah, that's right. And he uh, curated the Lucasfilm archive, like all the prop archive for many years hmm. out of San Francisco. And also played Boba Fett in Return of the Jedi Special Edition. Right. That's right. Yes. He, he donned the, the, uh, the, the helmet. And then... Um, of course, uh, Michael Stackpile and Timothy Zahn were Star Wars authors. Yes, I think um, Tim Zahn might have been the first. It was I might be wrong, but the first to sort of do a novelization at, at, that was outside of the regular. In the next, you know, in the new generation, in the yeah. New generation, so right. in that sort of early nineties, he was the guy that sort of, kind of like kickstarted Star Wars fandom again. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. bringing out a, the the first sort of new sort of literature that mm-hmm. that that's what got it for me i remember right. walking past a bookshop and seeing a mobile in frankston and just like going why is there star wars in a bookshop right yeah like do you know what i mean it's like 10 years later yep what's star wars doing back had you moved on by that point like oh yeah sort of, you weren't like were your action figures out on display or no anything like that no no not at all um there was like an old um in skateboarding, there used to be a video magazine that would come out every two months right. called 411. And we've actually had him on the podcast, a professional skateboarder, Jason Rothmeyer, who did have his toys out on display. Right. And this is in the early 90s. And I know a lot of skaters that were into Star Wars just went, oh, you can put your toys would look cool out. Because it was before that, you know, I guess... You know the the quit the the apex of that whole thing is the forty year virgin, 
right. you know, of having toys out and stuff. But mm. when you're that age, when you're sort of scooting through from 12 to 20, mm. like the thought of having, you know, toys in your room, yeah, that's like... Especially that, in like the 80s or, or yeah. know, early 90s. Oh, yeah. The irony took hold at a certain point and also, you know, retro... Uh, you know the the in the 80s you know it wasn't cool to look back i don't think and and i think that that's just an accepted part of mm. life for kids now that you know that all culture is is valid whereas i think through the 60s 70s and 80s you had this thing where once something was done it was done you know yeah yeah and, and the next thing was better so yeah. back to the future was better than star wars ghostbusters was better than back to the future or whatever it might be you know mm. that there was this sense of you know, what's now is what matters. Yeah. What's then was, you know, that's that's dealt with, you know. And because we didn't have, you know, home video for a long time or whatever and and uh I, and but I think even with music and stuff like that. And then once the nineties hit it there was it was kind of okay to go, Oh, this stuff I was into as a kid, you know, is kind of fun, you know. Yeah. Whatever. And especially with um like the the like superhero films, you know, like you know the Spider Man yeah. and stuff. It sort of like awakened that was like, oh yeah, we're into this stuff. Yep, yep. It's and it's fine. But um, with the doc, I I guess you could have gone with a like, how about these nutbags approach? Right. Probably if I'd been left to my own devices and was that person I was then, um, and was making a film by myself and was capable of making that film by myself. I may well have gone that way. Um, I, I think that Craig was such a big fan, um, we tempered each other's extremes. You know, so my extreme was to kind of go for the joke. His extreme was to sort of go for the arcane um, Star Wars, you know, trivia. And so both of those things got sort of pulled back um, to some extent. And, you know, we got a review once that said, you know, it'd be better if they were just plain meaner. Like um, mm. like trickies, it said, which you know, and 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 you know, maybe that's true, but but for a certain audience, I suppose. And it was interesting when we'd play the film. We'd play it to Star Wars fans, and they'd laugh at a bunch of places. And we'd play it to people who weren't Star Wars fans, and they'd laugh at a bunch of different places. Ah, um, oh, okay. So uh, it was something where I feel like we did kind of strike a balance, and for better or worse, that's what the film is. Um, but it is a compromise between. Um, between Craig's, you know, interest in the subject matter and my interest in it more anthropologically yeah. and from a, a more of a w- what was the funny thing that happened here or, yeah. or what is... Um, because there are moments in there where you go, well, you know, the joke in this bit is that he knows things to a ridiculous degree or whatever <laughs> it is. But the no- lovely thing about the Australian Star Wars fans, and I watched some films subsequently that were made of American Star Wars fans and I didn't feel I had this bit was or, or this sort of sort of subtext was that the Australian Star Wars fans seemed very aware of the dagginess and and didn't didn't mind that you know and 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 was we were more self-aware of how others saw them and and we're just like well that's a fact of life um, yeah. you know and uh and people will laugh but you know I don't care. And that, that's very endearing about them. Oh, and ultimately, I think that a hatchet job um, would come up against that as a barrier. If, if, they're, if they're oblivious, it would be funny. If they're knowing, it's not as funny because... 
Yeah, yeah I get you. You know. Um, and I guess also, if you're going in for a hatchet job, you know, if you're a decent person, after, you know, they're, they're all quite endearing characters. They are. They are. To hear the full episode, along with hundreds of hours of bonus content, I would invite you to check out the Steel Wars Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. For just $3 a month, you get a dedicated RSS feed that easily pastes into any podcast app you use, sending the complete archives of Steel Wars episodes along with bonus Patreon exclusives like movie commentaries, Q&As, and shows like the Making Steel Wars show, which I make exclusively for Patreon members with Jason Ward of MakingStarWars.net, where we try to find the news behind the news. Plus, you'll get the bonus segments from the call-in shows, which sometimes can be over an hour. And as well as all the bonus content, you get that warm glow that you are supporting this show you listen to each week. The idea behind Patreon is if lots of people chip in a little bit of cash, that content producers such as myself can still keep producing for you guys while still being able to feed our very cute Ewok-looking cats. There's a hungry cat involved in this, guys, as well as some sweet, sweet content. Check out all the super fun tiers and all the shows you're missing out on at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. And may that force be with you. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.